Well, we want to acknowledge mums today and happy Mother's Day. All the great-grandmothers. Who are the great-grandmothers? I want to get an idea of how many they are here today. Look at that. Great-grannies. Give them a clap, eh? Come on. That's fantastic. Great-grannies. And grandmothers. How many grandmothers here? Whoa. Whoa. There's lots of them. Wow. That's fantastic. Give them a clap. That's the way. And mothers. All the mothers here. Whoa. Whole heaps of them. Give them a great clap too. That's fantastic. And of course, among the mothers, there's mothers of teens, and they've got, they're the ones looking really stressed and coming up on the altar call for prayer, and <laughs> there's a, mothers then of, uh, of primary school children, and uh, they're just having a ball right now, the mothers of toddlers, and, uh, and then others have just had a baby. How many have just had a baby this year, in the last year? Oh, look at that. Great. Congratulations. One, there's two. There we are. Fantastic. New mothers. Amen. Okay then. Well, I want to just share something I, I felt the Lord put on my heart today. One of the things that, uh, that we struggle at times to do is to understand what God is really like. And the Bible reveals much about what God is like. And uh, when we look into the life of Jesus, we can see exactly what he's like. But we constantly need pictures to continually see this. So I want to just talk about and ask you. The Bible says that man and woman were made, God made man and woman in his image and likeness. So when we look at a man, look at a woman, we see quite distinct uh, the, the differences in them and the way they think, the way they operate and, and function. But uh, each of them has within them qualities of God. And so what I want to do is I want to look at some of the, uh, the, the, the nature of God that is seen in a woman. Many women have trouble accepting or uh, accepting themselves and sometimes what is actually your God-given feature and uniqueness can be also a cause of feeling as though, well, despising that, wish you had something else. So I want to try to bring those things up. The first thing I want to do is just talk about briefly just the tremendous influence that a mother has on people. One of the greatest uh, influences in a person's life is the mother. And there's a number of people in the Bible, isn't it interesting, that when the Bible was written, God drew attention to certain people. Now, I like this one. I'm going to pick up one for you. There's many like it. I'm going to pick this one up in uh, 1 Kings chapter 12. And it says, uh, the seventh year of Jehu, Joash became king. And Joash was a mighty revivalist. And this is what it says. His mother's name was Zibiah. And he did what was right in the sight of the Lord. And there are about, uh, there's, uh, there's uh, a number of people in the Bible who, were, who stood out as great in their generation, having huge impact. And the interesting thing that is said of all of them, and they did what was right in the eyes of God, so their life became a great impact. But the interesting thing is that every one of those guys, God identifies who mum was. Isn't that interesting? So you find in, uh, in uh, 1 Kings 12, the number of uh, Joash is, uh, mother of Joash is identified. One King, uh, 2 Kings 14 verse 1, uh, the mother of Amaziah, another revivalist, is acknowledged. And there are several people in the Bible where they just acknowledge who the mum is. So when you look in the Old Testament, you find there's an acknowledgement of mums as having a vital part in shaping the destiny of their child. There's also one king who was an evil king, and it said his mother was his counselor to do evil. So the thing you can conclude from that is one of the most powerful influences on a person's life is the impact that a mother has. And it's no wonder then, because of that, that God says there's a special promise of blessing if you will honor your mother. If you will esteem her highly, place value on her for who she is, 
And the fact that she gave life to you, she carried you and gave you life, if you will honor her and value her, the Bible says two promises are yours. Found Ephesians 6, 2. And here's the two promises. One is a great promise. He said that you might live long. In other words, the Bible connects your attitude to your mother with the health that you enjoy in the course of your life. Isn't that amazing? So wrong attitudes, bad attitudes, uh, there's an outworking of that in your life that affects your physical health. Second thing it says, that it may go well with you. So the Bible tells us very clearly again, a promise God makes, that if we esteem and have honor towards our mother as well as towards our father or towards the source of our life, then life will go well. There will be many things will come together well for you, including your marriage, your family, and the relationships you have. The converse is also true. When dishonor sits in our heart, there are negative consequences both to our health and to our relationships and how life goes. And uh, so God places high value on mothers, and so should we. You say amen to that? High values on mums. And uh, I want to, uh, even in the New Testament, the same thing. It's interesting. Paul is writing to Timothy, and uh, he says, Timothy, he says, I want to encourage you. That's where he starts off. I want to encourage you. Timothy was a young man of God. He was, a, he was, a, he was oversight over, over thousands of people. And he said, listen, he said, I know your grandmother. She was a woman of faith. And I know your mother. She was a great woman of faith. He said, I'm convinced that what was in them is in you. In other words, he connects Timothy's walk with God with the impact or influence of his grandmother and his mother. So in other, in other words, he's saying, hooray for grandmothers and mothers, because they have a powerful influence in the spiritual and physical and emotional development of their children. Now, what I want to do is I want to uh, look at how God uses uh, the image or picture of a mother to describe aspects of what he is like. The Holy Spirit is not feminine. He's not a she, a goddess. Holy Spirit is not a he. Holy Spirit is unique. Holy Spirit is God. But aspects of woman are seen in the Bible very clear. Look at this, what it tells us in Isaiah 49. Isaiah 49, this is what God says to his people. He says, can a woman forget a nursing child and not have compassion on the son of her womb? Surely they may forget, but I will not forget. I have written you on the palms of my hands and your walls are continually before me. So notice what the Bible is saying about the Spirit of God in this. Firstly, we see he's using a picture of a nursing mother. And he's saying, I want you to look at a nursing mother, because if you look at a mother and how a mother functions, you'll see what I'm like, except I'm only more like that. In fact, actually, the way she is, is actually a reflection in a small way of what I am like. So as I'm going to look at two or three aspects of uh, women being mothers, and I want you to see how each of these aspects are a reflection. A reflection's not the real thing. A reflection is something that's like the real thing. The real thing is found in the source, which is God himself. So we're going to look at two or three qualities of woman, and each of these qualities, uh, if you magnify it, it represents what God is like. It's a way of knowing what God is like. That's why we need to honor woman particularly for these qualities, because these are also the qualities and these are the, uh, what God is like. So notice in here, uh, the first thing we see is the Holy Spirit, or God, when, when we receive the Holy Spirit into our life, he becomes deeply bonded and in love with us like a mother loves the child she carries. You think about this, a mother, the child is literally joined, the, the, 
The child in the womb is like one with the mother, drawing life from the mother. And that's what he's saying. That's what it's like between me and you. I'm actually so bonded to you that I think about you and cherish you. I notice everything about you. I love and care for every detail. So God notices it when we kick. He notices it when we're upset. He notices any of the things. Like a mother would notice the child in a womb, and like a mother could never forget the child that she's carried in a womb. A mother never forgets. May not mean the same to a father, but a mother who has carried a child in a womb, has carried the child for nine months, gone through the, the pain of a delivery, gone through and now nurtured the child growing, he asked the question, can a mother ever forget a child? He said, no way. He said, even more so, I will never and can never forget you. And then he used another picture. He said, he said you know how if you want to remember stuff, you write it on your hand? He said, I've got your name written on my hand. So you see, God's using pictures to try and communicate to us this truth, that he is deeply bonded in love to you and that he can never forget you. You were always in his mind and thoughts. That's hard for us to get, isn't it? But it's a very, very, very great truth that God is one with us. He can never forget us. And he's noticed this. He said, and notice in that last part, it says, he said, your walls are continually before me. Now, the purpose of a wall in a city is to protect the city, or in other words, for the safety of the city. So he says, he says, I am constantly concerned for your safety and protection. Isn't that like a mother? Isn't that exactly like a mother? You look at a mother, the mother's like, don't, don't do that. Be careful when you go there. Be careful. And mothers are like that. It's just, now you, don't, you don't have to train mothers to be like that. Mothers are always like that. Watch out. Don't get too near the edge of that. Now, you be careful over there. Now, you take your lunch. You know, I mean, they're continually, it's like it flows out in one, in a day, all of these little concerns. for And so, the, so what God is saying is he said, I am concerned for your safety and your protection and your welfare always. And these beautiful pictures of what God is like for us. So just like a mother is joined to the child and the child is joined to the mother, God says, I am one spirit with you. Just as he said, a mother can never forget a child, he said, I can never forget you. And just as a mother's concerned for a child's safety and welfare, God says, I am always concerned for your welfare. There is, there is nothing you can do that will stop me loving you. Isn't that amazing that God is like that? And you see those qualities in mums. Who could say hooray for mums? Hooray for mums. Hey, great, come on. Don't get too serious on it. I think hooray for mums. So I want to share also a couple of some qualities of the, of the, uh, the nature of the relationship that, that the Holy Spirit has to us. Remember, the Holy Spirit's not feminine, but he shows up in our lives in ways that are very like much a mother does with a child. So here's verse 1, and the first one is this. The Bible calls the Holy Spirit in John 14, verse 6, he said, Jesus said, I will give you another comforter. Who do kids go to when they're in trouble? They just run to mum. Kid falls over, grazes their knee, who do they run for? They run straight to mum. They don't run to dad, they run to dad to play. But when there's something really hurting, it's mum they run to. And mum just get the child up and there and comfort the child. Then they come right and away they go again. And the Bible says, concerning the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, I'll give you a comforter. He's called the Spirit of Truth. In other words, I'll give you someone who will come near to you in every aspect of your life to comfort you when you're in pain. 
So maybe your mother's died or maybe your relationship with your mother has not been so good, but God promises that he will relate to you in a way that he comforts you in your distress. Our problem is that as we grow up, we tend to go to all kinds of comforts instead of turning to God to comfort us in our pain. His promise is, I will comfort you. I will be with you. I'll never leave you. I will hold your hand. I will walk with you. Though you go through the the valley of the shadow of death, I will be with you. There's so many different ways that the Bible describes God's heart towards you as being just like a mother concerned to comfort you when you're in distress. The first place we should turn to in distress is to turn to the one who loves us, who's come to live within us, and is bonded to us, the Holy Ghost. So what a wonderful thing that this is. Another quality of the Holy Ghost is this. He loves to talk. (laughs) He loves to talk. In Philippians 2 and verse 1, it talks about, you know, the grace of God and and so on and so forth. And it talks about the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. In other words, when talking about the Holy Spirit, it says the word fellowship, which means partnership or it means talking, communicating. So here's another thing about how many of those mums like to talk? That's what they want to talk. Isn't that true? So now, and, and how many know that mums want to talk about every detail of your life? Now, that may be irksome to you. And perhaps at times, as if you, especially if you're male, you have resisted it. It seemed like it was intruding, and you didn't want mum to be talking to you about everything that's going on in your life. But get this, that's a quality of the Holy Spirit. Hello? He wants to be engaged in every part of your life. He wants you to talk with him about your life because he loves you and he has a great yearning to engage with you and help you in your life. That word uh, uh, to, to the fellowship of the Holy Spirit means to partner with you or be alongside you to show you what to do to help you. How about that? Holy Spirit's always wanting to talk to us. So we should develop a pattern of learning to talk with him. He loves to talk, and he likes to talk about the details of your life. Our tendency is only to come to God when we're in distress or there's something really bad or big. Why not talk to him about the details of your life instead of excluding him and cutting him out? Okay, here's another thing. The Holy Spirit's very possessive. Now... How many knows that mothers are often very possessive and protective of their children? You touch my child, you touch me. You know, so you start to you start to get busy with someone's child, that mother will be down on you real quick. You start to say, I used to find at school when you try and ring up and talk about a problem one the children are having. No, it's not my child. They would never do anything like that. No, no, and they're very protective. And so mothers are naturally incredibly protective. Uh, Many, many examples in life and history of mothers giving their life to protect the child. And they're very possessive of their children because there's a bonding to them. And so this is what it says in uh, James chapter 4. It says, now the spirit who dwells within us, that's the Holy Spirit, yearns over us with great jealousy. In other words, that word means literally he longs after us because he loves us dearly and he's very concerned about who else gets involved in our life. Now, how many know that mothers do that? Who are you with today? And tell me about that person. Who are you going out with? When will you be back? In other words, they're very, very concerned about who is influencing their children. 
And it's exactly the same with the Holy Spirit. He is very concerned about what is influencing our lives. So it says, he loves you or yearns over you like a jealous mother, possessive mother, because he's concerned about anything coming into your life that would take you away from a great path of success and prosperity in his purposes. So it says, he yearns after you. He longs after you. Okay, and then we'll pick the last one. This is a really, uh, really interesting one too. And here it is there, this one. <clears throat> the Holy Spirit is very sensitive. How many mothers know that mothers can get hurt quite easily? What do they normally do when they get hurt? Do they go quiet? Sometimes, yeah. And do they give you the look? See, now, this is what it tells us. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30, it says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Or in other words, it says, don't by your lifestyle and your attitudes and your actions, don't conduct yourself in such a way that you cause deep sorrow to someone who really loves you and is concerned about you and is connected to you and with you. Remember this, everywhere you go, you take the Holy Spirit with you. So he says, don't conduct yourself. Don't let your words and your attitudes and your actions be such that it cause deep grief and deep pain to the Holy Spirit. Because what will he do? He'll do two things. Now, have a think about these, how like your mother these are. The first thing is he'll go quiet. When you upset the Holy Spirit, he go quiet. You don't hear from him. Now, when you do hear from him, guess what you hear? He raises the issues that have gone wrong in your life that you need to sort out. Now, some could call that nagging, but the Holy Spirit is concerned about getting your life back on track again. And now, if you're a man, you just want to sweep it under the carpet and carry on like it did. Oh, let's get over it. Let's move on. That's how men carry stuff. Let's move on. Let's get over it. And a woman doesn't take it that way. No, no, no. We need to talk. Have you ever had that one said to you? We need to talk. <laughs> and when you hear that thing, we need to talk, means there's some issues. We have issues. We need to talk. Isn't that true? You all got so quiet on this one. Must be getting really close to home on it, I think. So the Holy Spirit initially were quiet until you begin to think, man, I'm missing the presence of God. Then we need to talk. And he raises up your attitudes and issues, and he brings them back to you. And he doesn't want you just to glitz over them like they don't mean anything. We, when, we, when we conduct ourselves badly, we grieve him, and you need to put it right. You grieve a person. It's not like I just did something, and oh, man, I shouldn't have done that. Actually, someone was hurt. Their feelings were hurt because the Holy Spirit is very sensitive. So even though the Holy Spirit is incredibly powerful, I mean, Jesus said he cast out demons by the Spirit of God. In other words, when he spoke the word, the Holy Spirit leapt on the demon, pulverized it, and beat it out of town. So the Holy Spirit is very strong, but he's also very sensitive, very gentle. So what could you do that would upset the Holy Spirit? What would you do that would upset? Well, the Bible lists them. I'm glad you asked that, because it lists it in Ephesians 4. And right through Ephesians 4 and 5, it lists the things that really get them upset or distressed or grieved. One of them is bad communications, where you're bad-mouthing someone. How about that? Another is where you're bitter and you hold judgments in your heart against people. That grieves them because he loves them. You ever seen a mother and how grieved they get when one child gets against the other? Or how grieved if the husband gets really harsh against the children? It grieves a mother. And it, she'll feel grieved for days. 
The issue may have gone, but not in her heart it hasn't gone. She's grieved. It has to be put right. Think about it. That's what the Holy Spirit is like. So it tells us there in Ephesians 4, it says bitterness will grieve the Holy Spirit. Anger, where you explode or just bury it, that grieves the Holy Spirit. Having ill will and looking to ways to get even with people, that grieves the Holy Spirit. Breaching unity grieves the Holy Spirit. Focusing or letting your life be open to unclean things, they cause grief to him because he loves you. And the interesting thing is they can go away as quick as that and you can have your relationship restored in a moment, but you've got to deal with the issues. So maybe for some of you, you haven't heard the Spirit of God speaking for a while. The first thing to do is just to acknowledge that and ask him, what happened? that caused me to grieve you and sorrow, and cause you to sorrow. And I'm willing to put it right immediately so I can get back on track and back in relationship and back into empowerment. Listen, you can't live the Christian life without the power of the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Spirit is a person. And he is very gentle and sensitive and tender. He loves you. He would not be so deeply hurt if he didn't love you so much. The more you love someone, the more easily you are sensitive to them and hurt by what they say and by what they do. It's because he loves you, he is sensitive. So begin to think about those qualities of a mother. When you see women and you see women behaving in this way, when you see these kind of qualities in their lives, realize that God is like that. I mean, God's got many other aspects to him, but he also, these are the qualities of God, that bonding and sense of closeness, the area of not wanting to leave, the area of being very protective, the area of wanting to talk and engage, all of these are qualities of God. Let's just close our eyes for a moment. Father, today we just thank you for mothers in our midst. We thank you, Lord, for the way that through mothers you reflect some of the very wonderful best things about yourself. We thank you, Lord, you are so gentle, you are so kind, so sensitive, so tender-hearted, so caring for us. We thank you, Lord, that you desire to nurture us, be involved in every aspect of our life. We thank you, Lord, you're willing to forgive us. You are kind and tender-hearted and forgiving, and you want that to be part of our life and makeup as well. We thank you. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for the mothers that are here, grandmothers that are here, great-grandmothers that are here. We thank you and celebrate mothers today. And also today, we honor the most amazing qualities in women which are also a reflection of you. We honor you, Holy Spirit. Just while our eyes are closed and heads are bowed, you may be here and have never ever thought what it means to become a Christian or a follower of Jesus Christ. We're born into this world separated from God, so there's something missing inside us. Jesus came into this world. The Spirit of God filled him and he revealed what God is like his strength, his power, his authority, his gentleness, his sensitivity, his kindness. He was fully a man, fully represented the nature of God. Jesus died on the cross for our sins and rose from the dead. And today you could become connected personally to God by one decision. You are one decision away from the first step in a journey to follow Jesus Christ. Jesus says, if you follow me, you'll have life and have it abundantly. Jesus said, whoever received him, made him welcome in their life and believed on him, he gave power to become a child of God. So I want to lead everyone here today in a prayer. It's a very simple prayer to receive Jesus Christ. Could you follow me in this prayer? 
When you pray this prayer, it's an invitation for the same Spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit of God, to come and live in your life. You will be joined to God and start the journey walking with God and changing the world he died to save. Would you follow me in this prayer? Father in heaven, I come to you in Jesus' name. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending Jesus Christ to die on the cross for my sins. Today I ask you to forgive me. I turn to you. Jesus, I receive you as my Savior. I ask you to forgive all of my sins. And I receive forgiveness now. I receive your Spirit into my heart. Welcome Holy Spirit into my life. Today before heaven and earth, I declare Jesus Christ is my Savior and Lord. Amen. Just keep your eyes closed for about one minute longer. If you prayed that prayer for the first time and you really meant it, you wanted to come near to God, could you just raise your hand let me see? If you prayed that prayer for the first time, prayed it for the first time, God bless, I see your hand, God bless, I see your hand, God bless, God bless. We'd love to connect with you afterwards and to share with you your next steps in following Jesus. Just while our eyes are closed now, I wonder how many of you, if you could just ask this question, how close am I to the Spirit of God? What is he trying to tell me through this message today? What will I do about it? How long is it since you felt his touch? How long is it since you felt his presence and his comfort, his words, his kindness touching your heart? What happened? Why not just get back on track today? Holy Spirit, forgive me where I've grieved and caused you to sorrow. My desire is for your nature and love to flow through me. Interesting thing, one of the things that grieves the Holy Spirit is when we break unity. He loves the family of God to be in order and connected. Father, we just pray peace on every family here. We pray your touch of your spirit into every person represented here today. As we share together and just have scones, we thank you for Brian who did all the work making the scones and brothers who put it all on. And Lord, today we celebrate mothers and thank you, Lord, for the gift of mothers to us and thank you for the gift of the Spirit of God. Everyone said? Amen. God bless you. Let's give the Lord a clap, shall we?